You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. I'm Kate Pierce, Multimedia Specialist with NISAC. We're joined today by Deanna Carithers, Chief Equity and Diversity Officer with Tompkins County. Our conversation today will focus on ways to foster a diverse and inclusive county workforce. Deanna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. So as we kick off 2022 um, and kick off our conversation, um, can you tell us a little bit about your position as Tompkins County's uh, Chief Equity and Diversity Officer? Uh, When did you start and what are some of the key initiatives that you've taken on since you've joined the, the county? So no, I think there are several questions there. So first of all, thank you for your time and also anybody who is listening on today. We appreciate your, you know, uh, time and energy uh, as it relates to diversity, inclusion, equity, and justice in the workplace. And so uh, my official title is Chief Equity and Diversity Officer. Really, uh, the work is about thinking about culture uh, and humanity, uh, thinking about people and meeting people uh, where they are. Uh, diversity simply just means differences. Uh, inclusion is about a sense of belonging. Equity is about um, looking at systems, structures, uh, power, how people access the system, uh, specifically uh, around you know fairness, things of that nature, and justice specifically is again looking at marginalized populations and righting those wrongs or making sure that if something does happen, how do we correct those things? How do we restore those things to where they should be? Um, my work specifically started at, at Tompkins County um, in the fall of 2020. Uh, the role was new to Tompkins County. From me, uh, this work comes from a very, very, very personal place. Um, I'm originally from Wichita, Kansas. I come to you from, uh, uh, the, the, again, the great state of Kansas, um, knowing that my alma mater is uh, KU, and it's University of Kansas, so I wouldn't be remiss if I didn't say Rock Chalk Jayhawk at some point, but also Go Shockers um, in the midst of that. So uh, I came here because uh, the work is a calling as Chief Equity and Diversity Officer. Uh, this work is not new to anyone. Um, universities have had these roles and positions for uh, m- uh, many, many, many years. Uh, but you know, uh, cities and counties, this is a, a relatively new role and what this work looks like. But I also again, I cannot impress upon us uh, enough that people of color are not new. Uh, uh, people with abilities or disabilities are not new. Veteran status is not new. Gender expression and identity, yes, none of those things are new. A religious affiliation is not new. There are nine stated dimensions of equity, uh, diversity, inclusion, and justice. And those things are, come from those uh, particular aspects. And I say all that to say uh, that work is of critical importance to me. Um, it's of critical importance of who, who I am as a person. And so, again, I started this work in the fall of 2020. Um, I saw a position at Tompkins County and it, and it spoke to me. I was thinking about a career transition and I thought about what would make the most impact in the world that I live in. I know that I live in Kansas, but at the same time, um, the, uh, I consider myself a uh, global citizen. And so where does the work need to happen? Who can I help? Who can I support? How can I be a support? You know, what do I need to do to get down in the weeds of things to make a difference? And so I saw this position at Tompkins County and I've been doing work at, um, Wichita State in the Division of Diversity and Community Engagement under the uh, leadership of Dr. Marcia Fleming Randall, who provided a significant amount of mentorship, support, training, uh, and guidance. And so I was at the point where I was able to, you know, move out on my own and do some, you know, do some different things, but also knowing that those roots are still there. Uh, and so I applied for this position and hot diggity dog, I got it. I couldn't believe it. And, and so I, my husband uh, and I um, got a U-Haul and a dog Max and we're like, we're moving across the country. And it's when purpose grounds you above all things. 
that you know that you can make these kind of moves, especially during the pandemic with social unrest, looking at the uh, presidential elections, um, just the divisiveness that's in the country, you know? And so it's like, what can I hold true to? I can hold true to the, the, the values of diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice, because there's never a place, there's never been a time where I met people where they didn't feel like they've been marginalized in one uh, uh, shape or form in their lives. And so it could be whether you felt like you're excluded from something. Or for example, when I think about watching television, for those who may, um, may not be able to hear, um, watching screens where you may not have the, the captions or things that you need to be able to, to participate. What is, what is the work of government is participatory democracy. So how do we bring those things to life? Those things are critical. And so I know that I've probably given a lengthy answer and I thought it's part of our conversation here. Hopefully this is okay. Um, uh, what is the work, right? So what do I do? Uh, so what is the role of the Chief Equity and Diversity Officer? What does that really mean to our, our community? It really means is I hopefully I understand, it's my goal to see you, is my goal to impact you, is my uh, goal to influence um, the community in a way that makes their life better specifically uh, targeting minoritized populations. Um, again, that goes back to my initial comment around the nine state dimensions of equity. Again, people of color, uh, ability, disability, gender, identity, and expression, uh, veteran military, so, you know, it could be social economic status, any of those things. And so my goal is to take those conversations from the margins to the center. So when we're talking about centering things, that means that we are no longer othering those communities. And so in that role, we're very, very human place, that's what I try to do. Um, but how do I do the work at Tompkins County? So uh, part of the goal is to lead and develop organizational strategies. What does that mean? Because uh, that's a very jargony answer, right? Like lead and develop organizational strategies. That means that I work with our Workforce Diversity Inclusion Committee that is led by our legislature to come up with ideas. I lead and develop organizational strategies. What does that really mean? I work with the Tompkins County Legislature through our county administrator to hopefully positively impact the service delivery of minoritized communities along with the uh, members of our workforce. An example of this, I work with our Workforce Diversity and Community, uh, Workforce Diversity and Inclusion Committee. That committee is led by the Tompkins County Legislature. And so they set policy for us. And so I work with them to review policy, make sure things are centering diversity, equity, and justice uh, and inclusion in the work. So how does that, what does that really mean? So in the last year, we developed a Tompkins County diversity statement. So the, the prior diversity statement was about uh, 15, 20 years old. But we realized as we renew our commitment or advance our commitment to the work, we needed some different language that reflected um, our current community and what things look like. So we've updated that information. Um, also, we work on the Reimagining Public Safety uh, Initiative. George Floyd's killing prompted uh, a lot of civil unrest, but also it awakened our national conscience in a way that I think uh, those who've been crying out for help for a long time um, felt they were seen, understood, and recognized. And so how do we, a part of the work that we try to do is harness the power of that, uh, of, of our citizenry, um, or actually as they say citizenry, our residents, right? Because citizens can, that term can denote different things of human, our humanity. How do we do that? Uh, and so we've done some work reimagining public safety. We've worked uh, in collaboration with, uh, with the city of Ithaca on some of that work. And so what does that mean? That we're looking at developing an alternative response uh, for dispatching calls, 
that may mean a law enforcement response. It may be an unarmed response. It could be a co-response. It could be any of those things. And so we appreciate that Tompkins County has put over a million dollars in an investment in the, in the budget for next year to do that work. Um, another thing that's come up during COVID, there are folks where there are language access barriers to uh, communication. So the county has invested a little over almost uh, approximately $280,000 in the upcoming year to invest in translation services. We know that we have people who speak Korean. There are uh, various other uh, uh, Chinese dialects that are spoken. We have those who are speak Spanish, um, those who, are, who speak Russian, different languages here. So how do we meet them where they are? We currently have services through like our uh, language line and our empire interpreting services, but we want to bring those services to life. We want to make sure that people are welcome. Um, and not just welcome, like the door is open, not just you can come in. How do we make sure that we roll out the red carpet for our community? And so doing things like that over the last year. Some of those are some of the, uh, the uh, organizational development strategies that we work through. But again, none of this works happens because of me. It happens because the ability to collaborate with other people and the ability to uh, call attention to those who may feel silenced, underrepresented, may not ever felt heard before. So they have a champion in me in that I will, I'm ready to be relentless and tireless in the work, um, you know, and just saying, nope, we may be knocked down today, but we're getting up tomorrow. Okay, you knocked us down today, we're getting up tomorrow. And just having this um, sense of urgency about the work. Um, if you have been left out, or if you feel as though you have um, been victimized for lack of a better word, or you may not be victimized, or you feel like there's something that there's a door that you want to open, that is my job to help kick the door down. And so I do that proudly um, and uh, humbly at the same time saying there's a place for all of us. And so we want Tompkins County to be the place of choice, you know, uh, that everybody wants to work here because we are so inclusive and that we live up to the Tompkins County values of accountability, respect, equity, and integrity. And so um, if we don't, if you don't, if people don't take anything more than this is that we are proud of what we do and we live into those values. And um, equity is at the heart of all those things. And if we live in an equitable, um, uh, if we live in, we become an equitable organization, respect, integrity, uh, and accountability will be a part of that. Exactly. I, that is such a great introduction for the work that you do, the important work that you do, and all the different facets of it and everything that you have to keep in mind. Um, one of the things that you had brought up was the uh, the inclusion statement that the county has. Um, do you have that that statement that you um, redeveloped that was you know 15 or 20 years old so that you, you re revisited that and updated it um, to reflect your current values? We would, I would also, as we uh, talk, talk about this, I'd like to thank the Tompkins County Legislature and specifically a lot of the hard work of the Workforce Diversity and Inclusion Committee over the, uh, at the beginning of January, 2021, we started the process of, uh, considering, analyzing, debating, um, discussing, you know, contemplating a new statement. And so we've had a um, subcommittee that came together of the Workforce Diversity Inclusion Committee that toiled. When I say toiled, I mean toiled over this statement. Um, we want to, there are challenges that persist. So how do we recognize and honor what, what has been and also taking the things, the parts and pieces that we need to take uh, with us to the future. And so uh, that new statement reads, Tompkins County Government Centers Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. We are committed to the empowerment of employees and residents to dismantle systemic barriers that inhibit inclusive, inclusive governance and the provision of government services to all. That is our new statement. Wow, I see how that would have taken a lot of 
you know, deliberation to get to that point. That's a very powerful statement. Um, I people are powerful, right? Right. So, um, so it was the work of this committee. But not just that, we went to the employees and said, "What do you think about this? How do we talk about this?" And so that led to really thoughtful conversations around who we are as a people um, within the organization. And there were there were challenges. There were people who liked the statement. Those who disliked the statement. There were things that um, were there were. Um, we wanted to make sure it was more reflective of where we were. So um, it was, it, it was a, I think it was a, a very, very robust and rigorous process. Again, 12 months of discussion, um, knowing that the final statement that was approved is not where we started. Uh, and so just lots of drafts, lots of discussion, lots of feedback. Um, we had listening sessions. We actually posted it um, on at like our project management tool where we created a place for people to be able to write in ideas around it. Um, we also, I had people that called me on the phone. They sent me emails. They sent me letters in the mail regarding the statement. Um, and so all those different things brought us here. And so again, I cannot emphasize enough that it's the collaboration that brings you to this place. Um, it, it's the good people uh, and our legislators uh, who set policy for us that create the environment for us to be able to do this work. And so we, the cool thing about this development of the statement is that, yes, we had legislators um, who were involved in the process. We also had staff that may not, are they're not necessarily managers. And so it was this um, collaborative environment, and I can't use that word enough to say that um, it wasn't just it wasn't just a top-down approach. It wasn't a left-to-right approach. It was everybody. Um, it was that gum. Is that stew? Is that gumbo? Right. And so that's something that um, I, I can't own that phrase. It's uh, my former supervisor again, Dr. Marsha Fleming Randall. She always talks about diversity. She had this book or something uh, title, which I'm going to say incorrectly. She used uh, uh, equity, inclusion, and justice work. Talk about gumbo. I get some kind of gumbo analysis there. And so it's all those different parts and pieces that brought us here to these to these powerful words that we not only just have written here, but then we intend to um, go through a diversity strategic planning process in the next year. And so these words are going to come alive through our activities and through our policies and our procedures. And so there's lots of work to do. We're just getting started. You know, we haven't done nearly enough yet, but uh, we have some good people on the team that are passionate and are doing good work and knowing that the race is ahead of us. That's phenomenal. And these, you know, the statement is not just something that you say, it's something that you're doing, that you're doing. And, you know, you're not just saying that we, you know, that we are a welcoming committee. You are actively welcoming folks into the community and into the workforce and into the county. So along those lines, um, can you talk about what it means at a county level to have an inclusive workplace environment? What does an inclusive workplace feel like? What does it look like? First and foremost, in order to be inclusive, that means you have to know, you have to know your workforce, first and foremost. You have to know what it means for them to feel included. Um, one of the things that Tompkins County has done in the past is a Tompkins County climate survey. It was to take the temperature of the organization uh, to have a better a sense of what is going well, what is not going well, um, and identify what the what action steps are necessary to move the organization forward. Um, my position was created as a result of that. Uh, one of the things that they wanted greater emphasis on was the work of diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. And so from that uh, came this role, but also when I was um, a, a, a group of employees called Team Jedi. Team Jedi stands for Team Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. So to your question about creating an inclusive workforce, it is about uh, 
making sure the employees are a part of the decision-making process. This doesn't mean necessarily that everybody's gonna get what they want, but they do feel heard and that there is an implementation of, uh, of the, in terms of the intent of the work, uh, that is a shared experience uh, that takes us all to the next level, that we are all better off as a result of the decisions, um, that it reduces barriers. It means in terms of inclusive, uh, organization. Everybody has an opportunity for promotion. It means that everybody has access to an understanding of the policies and procedures. Um, one of the jokes about bureaucracy that I'll make every once in a while is, is policy 7.53775. You know, you know, and so they jokingly say this. So that's inaccessible when you use language that way. So if I say I'm hurt, I need help, I need a band-aid. <laughs> um, give me the band-aid. I don't need a policy that tells me to report the form or report the information. Yes, you want to do that, but my need is immediate right now. I need this. And then I will still notify the organization. Um, this is what happens to me, or this could, you know, in terms of just, you know, just potential injury work. I'm using an example. I, and again, this is hypothetical saying, how do you meet people in terms of inclusive work environment? This is what I need. And I don't want to say just a, a band-aid to cover it up because people may uh, misconstrue that that's not the root of the issue. I just mean like if I'm hurt in the situation, this is what this looks like. But again, an inclusive workforce is something that addresses the root of all issues. In other words, how do we get to the soil of uh, whatever the issues are? Because a Band-Aid itself is just covering something up. And I just mean if it's a more- um, It's like a surface level kind of thing. Yeah, but true diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice is really about addressing root causes. How do we, how do we get here? And it's something that's very, very methodical. I always describe this job as being a mechanic, and then I work underneath the hood. Ooh, that's a great way to put it. So in a perfect ride, is it, what's your favorite car, Kate? My favorite car? Uh-huh. Uh, I guess it would be the car that I drive would be a Honda Fit, and that's my favorite, so. Okay, so we have a Honda Fit. And so you care about the maintenance of the Honda Fit, right? You want your car to be comfortable. When we yeah. talk about an inclusive work environment. So you make sure that in terms of being inclusive, that your seat is uh, at the appropriate adjustment is adjusted appropriately so that you can fit in the car, right? <laughs> so we talk about inclusion, right? You don't want the seat up close unless you need it to be up close. You need to be able to be to be able to expand and contract, right? With the work. So is an inclusive environment. If I need, for example, with COVID, I need to, be able to work from home. I need a computer that I can access from home and with the internet that I can access from home that is quality that I can do this work. And then going back to the car here. So you may notice that you may need some, it's snowing outside. You don't need the regular tires, you need snow tires, you, but you need access to the resources that you need to get the snow tires. You need access to the shop that will take you, that will help you exchange the things and you have the resources you need to be able to change those tires, right? But then also when you think about, you need the training and the knowledge to do the work that you, uh, to, to get to and from, you know, when we think about that in terms of, again, relationship to a car, you may need an oil change. That's training and prevention work. Getting underneath that, making sure that the basics are taken care of. Or you may need uh, a new carburetor, which means you may have some significant structural issues that you may need to do some things differently. So when I think about this job, I think about it again, being a mechanic, uh, working on policies and procedures, uh, but not just policies and procedures, making sure that people are educated and that they are doing the work uh, in the policy procedures, but also course correcting. It's that two-way communication work that we are doing to make sure that it's an inclusive work environment. Also, when we talked about justice before, how do you have a proper reporting structure um, that ensures that if I have a complaint or if I have an issue, 
how do we get, how does it get raised to the appropriate level um, and making sure the work is uh, seen, heard, done, felt in the experience when you go back to work, you know? And so all those different things make a difference. And then also, if there's a misunderstanding on something, how do we make sure that those, those educational moments, how do we teach, how do we guide, how do we support, how do we uplift people uh, in the workforce? And so all those things lead to an inclusive work environment. And also there's this, you know, a lot of uh, organizations will say that we know it's inclusive because it's reflective of the society, for example. so. Here at Tompkins County, we have approximately a little more than 730 employees uh, at any given time. And so we also know that our percentage of, uh, of Black people and the community is about 5%. So a lot of this, I'm just using high level, very just traditional um, language related to how we talk about our workforce. So we want to say that our uh, workforce would want to uh, mirror that. So we want to have 5% uh, uh, Black employees that's not something we've achieved yet. So we want it to be, I would say, 5% or more. Or for example, we have 60% uh, people who identify as women in the workplace. And so in terms of certain spaces, we would say, oh, that's fantastic that in terms of um, uh, uh, gender identity, what does that look like? So those things are important. But then also in other places, we how do we open the doors for folks who may or may not speak English as their primary language? Does that mean that you can't have a job at the county? Does it, you know, and I don't think that that's what people intend and that's what they mean on the ground is positive language. None of these things are true, you know, <laughs> in terms of that. And so, um, but I think it's important as we think about an inclusive workforce. Also, it starts with leadership, a lot of these things. How do you know what you believe? What are your county, uh, what are your values as an organization? And how do you achieve, how do you live into those values? It is a matter of the heart. It is a matter of belief. It's about, it is a matter of what you do and your actions. It is a matter of resourcing and financing those things. It is a matter of seeing people where they are. Um, and that looks different for every single person that we work with. And so when I said at the very, very beginning of the answer, you gotta know your people. <laughs> you know? There is no one size fits all. I, we know that generally counties provide certain types of services. They're the, the provide uh, the assessment taxes. They are usually the public health department. They usually will, uh, you know, they'll have, uh, water, wastewater, you know, it depends on, you know, like, or recycling, things of that nature. There are just core services and things that they provide. Yes, we know that there's highway function. Everybody wants their roads to be, right? <laughs> with our car analogy, that's pretty important, yeah. Yes, exactly. So we do want those things. But within those places, how do we know that we have uh, in uh, center diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice in those spaces? How do we understand what the needs are in terms of those populations? And then also, how do we know we do it better the next time? Mm. We won't always get it right, right? We, we won't always get it. And that's okay to begin with in, in certain circumstances, not all. Um, but then how do we continue to grow? Um, this, this work is about growth. It's about stretching. When you talk about stretching, sometimes you are that fit athlete and sometimes you're not, you know? <laughs> and sometimes you, you need some help. And so what does that look like? And so in terms of inclusive workforce, it is about hiring, but it is also about retention. So it's the two, you know, we always joke say, can you walk and chew gum? You got to walk and chew gum. So you got to hire appropriately, but then also you have to be able to retain uh, candidates from minoritized groups. Again, uh, it could be, you know, we think of, we, we talk about sometimes in our communities, we say to our veterans, thank you for your service. And then sometimes when they return home from service or return home, yeah, from service, what does the community have for them? What does that look like? How do we meet them 
where they are. That is of utmost importance in the work. And so we have to um, do that work with earnestness, uh, do it with sincerity, and also being able to say, you know, I didn't meet the mark this time, but again, I'm going to try again. And then also, what do we take from that to scaffold us up and so that we're all stronger together? And I, that was not meant to be a slogan when I said this. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a pause there. I'm not making any kind of uh, <laughs> comments about politics when I say stronger together. So. Totally understand. Um, and so, so you brought up a, a couple of times like new hiring and, and retention and also making sure that your workforce you know, reflects your community. Um, so I have some questions about hiring um, in that court, sort of like state of the workforce kind of questions. Um, so I guess... Uh, top of top of my mind is that you know a lot of people, including county employees, have retired, quit, or moved jobs during COVID. Um, and is that something that has affected your efforts at all, and your hiring process, and building a network of diverse candidates uh, for the county? Um, you're, if, I, if I can reflect your question, you're asking if. Um kind of what people are calling the great resignation if that's impacted the work. It's um, the answer is yes, but yes and to be continued. You know, and I know that sounds like a weird answer. We're still in the middle of this thing, you know, and so um, we I applaud anybody that decides this may or may not be for me. I'm going to live into my highest uh, value and purpose in life. So whatever that looks like, you know, and so if that's at Tompkins County, we want you to stay. We want you to be a part of this. But also, if you decide government, this government may not be for me, but I can be a better resident of our community and I can contribute better in this way, um, we applaud that as well. Knowing that this, this really, really awesome community is comprised of three universities. You know, uh, Tompkins County is the home of Cornell University, Ithaca College, and Tompkins County Community College. And so there are lots of growth and resources there. However, I would say in terms of bias, we all want you to be part of Tompkins County government, so very, very clearly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but what does that mean? It means that we're not only trying to retain folks, but also we have to be more competitive. So how do we continue to distinguish ourselves? You know, How do we continue to say that we're one step uh, above the rest? And so one of the work, one of the things that I think that our legislature has done is that we put a stake in the ground in terms of diversity, equity, uh, inclusion, and justice. That this is what we stand for. So if you are part of a, a minoritized population, this is the place for you. You should be able to come through this door and you are welcome. You are welcome to lead, you are welcome to follow, you are welcome to uh, influence policy. Uh, and I mean policy in that share information and our policy, our elected officials are our, our policy makers, but bring call attention to things that need to be changed. You're welcome to be a part of Team Jedi, Team Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, that you may, you're welcome to look at data, the public data that and analyze and come up with a solution. You're welcome to say, here's a gap in services here. You're welcome to say, uh, stand up for uh, something that you, you stand up and speak to something that you think needs to be corrected. And so we want every employee to feel like that's where their power lies. Here's an example. One of the things that I was asked to do when I first started was to look at our orientation around the topic. And so one of the things that I say to people, uh, our employees at the end, I, they always ask me, how do we do this work? Or they ask me, what is the enrolled responsibility of the employee? I would say you make the difference. Um, and I can't say it enough is that when I say you make the difference, I'm not talking to uh, anybody else. I'm not talking to a group. I'm saying you as an individual, our organization is comprised of people and individuals that collectively we impact our neighbor. You know, we are our brother's keeper or our sister's keeper. 
you know, or, you know, it could be any of those different things or um, a, you may not identify in that way, a non-binary, a non-binary individual. When you respect and you understand those things, you make the difference. Again, that goes back to our county values of diversity, our of equity, um, accountability, respect, uh, and integrity. We're always lifting those things, you know, uh, and making sure that people know where their influence is. And so I encourage them to give me a call if you see something, or if you, you want to just have a, a phone call. Um, here, here was a, here's an example of this. When things happen, I think this group, I think we've had, um, Tompkins County did an amazing job. Uh, we had the, uh, one of the lowest infection, infection rates in the country in terms of COVID. Um, you mask up around here, you see a sign everywhere. It's very, very clear what our legislators believe and, and what our county stands for in some of those things. When something happens in terms of injustice, um, our legislators always will put out a statement saying, we disavow these things. When we saw a rise in um, anti-Asian um, violence, I stood up for that. Or when we see something has happened with January 6th, when there was, uh, there was an attack on the Capitol, stood up and said, you know, this is not uh, what our country stands for, you know? How do we make sure that everyone uh, feels welcome? And how do we disavow violence at the same time, welcoming in those ideas, those thoughts? What, is we, what do we need to do as a country that brings us all together? And so just all of those different things, you know, about where we are as a nation, not to be divided at all, but also thinking through what is of critical importance to the world. That's, that's great. And th this has sparked another, another question for me. Um, what are some of the, the challenges that you've come across in addressing uh, diversity and inclusion? Um, and has there been a challenge at all getting others uh, in the community, in the county to buy into these goals and to support the work? Um, it sounds like, you know, since you've brought everybody in on creating the statement and moving forward in your diversity and inclusion initiatives, um, that it's a collaborative effort. But has there been any any pushback or any, I guess, yeah, any trouble with buy-in with some of the goals that you have? Well, so let, me, let me make sure I say this is a collective uh, responsibility. And so as long as people are involved, there will always be, you know, um, there will be challenges. And so I will say that Tompkins County has a history of leading the way in terms of this work. So this work is not new because Deanna Cruzers came here. We've had uh, county legislators, including our chair who just uh, retired from um, the, the legislator after 20 years who actually started the Workforce Diversity and Inclusion Committee. This work is not new here. It's just where we are, right? And the momentum behind it in this particular space. So I just happen to be a, um, I represent a space and time for the organization. And so yes, there can be challenges in that people are involved, right? So anytime you have more than one person, uh, it's not a committee of one, there are challenges. There are those who, there are those in the community who, here's the, here's the easy example. So diversity means a lot of things to a lot of people. It basically just means differences in representation a lot of, you know, um, so, but that could mean something different or it might spark a different conversation. Equity may mean something different to uh, equity versus equality. Those are constant debates that we're having about what that actually means. What does the concept of justice mean? What is the role of government in terms of looking at restorative practices? Is there a role? You know, so all those different things um, in terms of uh, philosophical understanding um, uh, pose have posed challenges. And that's not, Tompkins County is not unique in that. Right? And so um, 
I'm proud to say that our county is investing resources. They're investing in the services to make a big difference. But then also, I would, I would anticipate there are uh, continue to be challenges in the sense of, as long as you know, it's not one person again, person involved. There are going to be other ideas for how we do this, and it's because our community cares. And to me, I would actually turn that into a positive. It's because we are so active. It's because we are so critical in our thinking. You know, which is I think is a positive thing that we will continue to. Um, refine, you know, we will continue to challenge each other, we will continue to elevate the discourse around the work. And so, yes, absolutely, there are challenges. Also, just anything you start new, from my perspective, I'm new to the community. So building relationships, building that trust, you know, um, this lady from Kansas just came here. What does she know? You know, <laughs> you know, how do, what does that even mean for us? You know, and we have some brilliant minds here, you know, <laughs> and so um, thinking about those things and, and doing the work, uh, making sure, you know, this challenge and building relationships, building trust, also showing up every day. And I think that I've done a good job in that, um, showing up and, and delivering, right? Showing up, delivering, doing the same thing every day. And so, um, but also knowing that I've only been here a year. So that's barely a scratch and the whole continuum, you know, of the work. And so, but also just, again, making sure that our, in terms of a challenge that we always continue to face is communication. Um, making sure that not just government knows, but the residents we serve know why we are here. There is not, I'm on this podcast, I'm assuming that NISAC wants the members to know something <laughs> about this. And so doing the same thing. So it's not unique, but those are ongoing challenges. Do I think they're insurmountable? Absolutely not. But again, it's putting in the work. It's getting into the root, that we talked about root issues earlier, getting to the roots of discrimination, getting to the root of bias, getting to the root of, uh, you know, inequity. So understanding what those things are, and those things are a challenge because in every community that looks different. Um, and also, how do you understand a root? You have to get close enough, right, to something to be able to get that far down in, in terms of a conversation. You have to be close enough in relationship and proximity to do that. And sometimes that, that can be tense. Uh, it can be a challenge. But we as a community are up for the challenge, and we as Tompkins County government are up for the challenge. And so, um, that's why I moved here um, for no other reason other than to hopefully help my neighbor. And, you know, hopefully they will see a better outcome as a result. That's phenomenal. This is so fascinating. And I'm so sorry that, uh, you know, we're coming up on the end of our conversation here. Um, and I hate to cut anything short, but there's a lot of takeaways for our listeners today uh, from our conversation of things that they initiatives and ideas to bring back to their counties. Um, but again, as we're coming to the end of our conversation, is there anything that you would recommend to your peers at the county, you know, county government level um, as they take up this mantle of making it a diverse and inclusive workplace in their communities? Any advice that you have maybe to get started even on, I know you said it was a lengthy process to come to the statement that you have, um, any advice on making sure that they're headed in the right direction to be inclusive? So first of all, anybody engaging in the work, I applaud you because you care. Um, and so um, these are going to be very, very basic things, but show up for the work. And I don't mean show up. The work is where you can use your hands, where you can use your mind, and you're a balance, and you have talent to do the work, um, you're better able to do that. Show up and do it. Um, show up every day. Show up in the cold. Show up in the rain. Show up when uh, there's agreement. Show up when there's disagreement. Uh, show up for the difficult conversations. Be present. 
um, uh, and make sure you're there to see it through to the end. Because a part of these things is uh, working with people, they expect consistency. We want for government to show up for them, especially as our county uh, leaders uh, and those folks who are maybe line staff, uh, you could be at the DMV, you could be, be anywhere, show up consistently for them. I think that's the main thing. Also, in terms of work, when you when you have something, make sure you have a two-way communication feedback loop around diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. You hear something, you don't discard it. You take it in and you examine it, you explore, you assess what is happening in my environment that has brought us here. What do we need to do to make things different? Also, get into your policies and procedures. I always say nerd up, get into the weeds of the work. What is that policy and procedure way? Say, uh, earlier I was joking about policy 7.5, 3.74. Um, you actually need to know what that means. <laughs> and so get into your policies and procedures. And not just your policy procedures, get out and you, uh, and you share and you educate. Um, you can, there's not enough time in the world for you to over communicate, especially when you're working with people. Um, I've been married for 16 years. Sometimes I, I wake up, I'm like, do I know him? Um, and <laughs> do I know my husband at all? Because again, you have to put in the work. Every single time, every single day. Okay, this is the schedule. This is what it looks like. So is the workforce. And so showing up for, you know, them, and then also meeting them where they are and being able to have an elastic relationship uh, in terms of things. Sometimes there will be times where you uh, need to take a big step back so because you, you're too close to something. But then also you need to be, uh, have that intimate relationship with people. In other words, in terms of that closeness and understanding of what your workforce needs. COVID now more than ever, people have lost their relatives. They've lost spouses. They've lost friends, they lost neighbors, they've lost connection in so many ways. And so people are grieving the loss of what of our society in many, many ways. And so government now more than ever has that role to fill that gap and to be supportive and to uplift our community, um, making sure we have the resources in terms of whether it's COVID testing, uh, making sure that uh, those who are skeptical, continuing to bring them that information to them, to the fore, making sure they have the information they need. Um, but also when you're not there, even if you, I know you can't shake hands, we don't hug and things like that, but nothing stops you from writing a note, uh, sending a letter in the mail, or saying, I see you in, in one way, shape, or form. I, I, I'm thinking about you. At leaving, at leaving a package or doing any of those things. So making sure that you're showing up. And the same thing, uh, as we talk about this, what can you do as some of the strategies? Be in there every day, showing up for the work, making sure your policies and procedures as, the, as they need to be. But also another important thing that I hadn't mentioned before, and I thought about this, looking at your data as an organization. What is your data telling you? And what is it not telling you? Sometimes you're just not able to see things because or understand things uh, because we don't have enough information. So if we don't, what is that excavation process? How do we get to the bottom of things? How do we understand what that looks like? So get into your data, get into your uh, get into your workforce, understand what that looks like. And then also you might see one or two of, of this particular uh, population or see this over here. Go ask questions, go find them. One thing I would joke about being good at is I'll show up at your door. Well, pre-COVID, I would show up at your door, <laughs> you know, um, show up at your door and say, hey, let's talk about this. Or can we walk it out? So just lots of things. Um, uh, and also, you know, just making sure that it's not that you're going to treat everybody you want to be when you want to be treated because you're thinking about it, it's a difference. You people may not want what you want. And so being comfortable with understanding where they are will take you a long way. And so also it's an honor and a privilege to serve. And so as government uh, officials, I think about the work from a place of compassion and of service. And so there's nothing I'd rather be doing than serving my community. And I hope that every day we get up as, uh, as, as public service, that we take this work of diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice to heart, and we realize uh, that for our community. Thank you so very much for everything that you've said today and for all of the insight that you've shared 
we super, super appreciate your sharing of your expertise and taking the time today to have this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate NISAC for having these conversations. And also just a big shout out to the folks at Tompkins County Government. You know who you are. Uh, you make this work possible. Um, it's here. You've uh, maintained the work. You've pushed the work. You've elevated the work. And so um, it's an enormous team of people that care. Um, and I, I appreciate you, Karen, because you are making a difference in this why we're here. Thanks for listening to this episode of NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government-focused conversations, and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.